Hello and welcome everybody. If this is your first episode, we're cracking one open. We're happy to have you. I'm Nick Cody. This is my co-host Jamison Edwards and we're just here to talk Seattle Kraken hockey. We're in the preseason mode right now and uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. A big, big subject is ads are going to be on NHL hockey sweaters. Uh, our resident uh, Caps fan and soon-to-be Seattle Kraken fan, Jamison Edwards, what do you want to see on your Caps jerseys this fall? On my Caps jerseys, probably a Red Bull logo. Ooh, yeah, you've you've been pretty big on the Red Bull recently, and I think we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that in our penalty box when we get to that, my friend. But for those of you that are unfamiliar, however you found us, thank you for joining us. We hope you stick around. This is cracking one open, where we're cracking one open and just talking hockey with our buds, and uh, hopefully that's you and you're drinking along right now. We start with our face off like every episode, but first, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Follow us, like this video on YouTube if that's how you're watching or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, please subscribe, give us a good review, let your friends know that you like us. And if you find any mistakes with the show, let us know and we will go ahead and pay for them in our penalty box. But before we get to that, we have to have our face off where we'd let you know exactly what we're drinking today. And this week, as I promised last week, I will not be having any more of the heavy beers. I will be uh, sitting here with a Half vodka, half seltzer, very responsibly. And also, uh, I have, uh, from one of our listeners who emailed in, I have been informed that I don't have to drop beer to lose weight for our Miami plans, Jameson. I've been told Michelob Ultra, while it does not taste fantastic, will be the uh, the ticket. So I'm going to give that a try today. And uh, that's what we're going to be cracking open. What do you have over there? I'm going to take a wild guess. And it's not, it's not Red Bull, but I'm going to say it's, probably whiskey whiskey diet that's uh fantastic and well well i know you have never disclosed your brand of whiskey in particular i think it's uh important to note that seattle kraken have officially announced that their whiskey partner will be jack daniels so i mean not unexpected but i mean important to note in this podcast for sure and uh while i've enjoyed experimenting with kraken the past couple episodes uh, we open our penalty box right now with uh, my regrets about cracking. So first of all, uh, good face off and uh, look forward to a great episode with all of you. Release the Kraken! Cheers. That's heavy. So if this is your first episode... This is our penalty box. And if you're back, I hope you contributed. You let us know uh, the mistakes you thought you found in the previous episodes. But I know what I will be drinking for. And uh, last episode, uh, speaking of Kraken, I had way too large a pour over here in our custom Kraken glasses. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to apologize. I, I noticed once I started stumbling over my words in our uh, in our uh you know, our tribute period there. And I decided to finish my drink. I was like, I'm in trouble way too deep. So I want to remind all those of you that are trying to drink along at home, do it responsibly. It doesn't matter if you're doing it with water, alcohol, juice, anything, just be responsible and know your limitations. And last week, too big a pour for me. And I recognize that today. Little, little you know, a kind of reverse psychology to drink for drinking too much, but hey, in moderation. I mean, I'm somewhere in the same boat. Uh, I caught myself on a few long-winded tangents last week, uh, probably for similar reason. Uh, we already made the joke about the Red Bull 
which I've uh, been doing a little bit too much of recently. Should probably cut back on that. So I'm going to kind of combine the two and just uh, cheers, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And a big reason that we are taking these cuts is a huge announcement that we have uh, before we get to period one. Uh, we've mentioned a little bit, but we are planning our very first live episode coming to you on YouTube, October 24th, the day after the first home Kraken match. I think that's going to be amazing. We're going to be in Miami. We, we're going to have a, a test episode or two before we get to that. Stay tuned. We'll let you know how you can get involved on that. But we want all of you there with us. Talk about that first home game. And, uh, man, it's going to be so much fun, which is why we're already planning out to try and make sure uh, – uh, Jameson's Red Bull intake and my my dark beer intake is uh, is lowered a little bit so we can make it to Miami and not be sweating the entire time we record a live podcast. So we hope you join us for that. It's going to be a great time. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, a great time to transition to our first period. Cheers, mate. Release once more. the Kraken! Uh, so... What we wanted to start with in our deep dive this week, and for those of you that are new, we know we got a lot of new listeners this week. We thank you for joining us. We talk about the Seattle Kraken in our first period. We take a deep dive on one or two subjects or just the team overall. And this week, we've got a lot to talk about. The ice slab has officially been poured. I, I, I think people have been getting so excited this week. Uh, you can finally visualize not just, you know, uh, the NHL game showing what it's going to be like, but you can really see what the home ice is going to look like. And I know it gets me excited with all the other renovations in the arena. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see a game. I can't wait to get Climate Pledge Arena. But even more so, I'm just so impressed with the thoughts that they've put into this place. Um, if you don't already know, Climate Pledge Arena is going to be taking uh, this massive amount of rain Seattle gets and redistributing it around the area in useful and resourceful ways. And within the arena, they're going to have 20 different water stations for refillable water, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and also, I guess it reduces so much water waste that it's up to uh, 20,000 gallons or something I saw per event. So every single one of those home ice matches is going to just help our environment so much more in the Seattle area. And I think that's really important. I know we don't, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but I just wanted to give it a little recognition. And I think, uh, I think some you noticed uh, just taking a look is not only that, but they're reaching out with this ice project and local ice arenas to try and promote more hockey involvement. What do you think about that? And what is a great way for people to start getting on the ice and getting involved on a recreational basis? Right. Um, what really caught my eye i want to say there was seven eight rinks that they were um yeah focusing on and one of them being your very own linwood uh yeah. center there i yeah. forget the exact name of it the linwood um, center baby linwood ice center nice okay. and easy to remember i was like hey i got gotta get Nailed over it. there but uh yeah i mean from what i could tell just based on the introductory thing um press release however it's referred to um there was a free introductory skate where they evaluate your abilities i would assume depending on the turnout it would be something along the lines of a learn to skate learn to you know stick handle maybe yeah you know just get the community involved which i think is really cool um i, th I think it's a very hands-on way of approaching 
teaching people that haven't necessarily had that NHL team in in their in their local areas to just see what it's all about. I mean, that's one of the most fun things that I can say growing up was seeing all these games, but then being able to get on the ice myself and thinking, well, I saw so-and-so. I mean, at the time for me, it was Jeremy Roenick, mm-hmm. you know, pull a little mover like Dennis Savard with the spinorama, which was insane back in the, in the day at the time. Um, and just being able to try it yourself. I mean, there's really nothing more rewarding than learning a new skill. So mm-hmm. I think um, reaching out and sponsoring that project is a really, really solid uh, sort of fundamental idea that for me personally, I don't know too many teams that have really done that, especially in their inaugural season. Wow. And that, that's awesome. I, I, I saw on Instagram with this uh, Kraken Community Iceplex account that uh, they've been going around and offering, you know, youth uh, events and activities on the weekends and uh, seeing guys, uh, you know, little kids get up on the ice from a knee for the first time. That's some. And then I, I was sitting there thinking like, man, I want to go do that. And then I see, you know, half the people going down at the first try. I'm like, oh, no, I, I might be that guy, you know, pushing pushing 300 pounds as an offensive lineman in my past. and uh, and constantly fluctuating up to there I, I really was thinking about it and then just kept being overwhelmed like ah, I don't want to go out and go out on the ice and embarrass myself but th- this opportunity they're offering through uh yeah their skate lessons their adult learn to play and their skate evaluation so you know if you're going out and going for a team what what you know division should you be in what are you prepared for so you're just not out there just you know potentially hurting someone else or yourself yeah, and I mean, realistically, that's going to be the coolest thing to me because I have no doubt that they're seasoned, uh, maybe not hockey players. I mean, I'm sure there are quite a lot, but just people of multiple levels of ability going out. And I'm looking forward to hearing the results of that because yep. especially with so many different rinks involved, one of the biggest things say for um, kind of how now I play men's league or we'll go out to play, just pick up or whatever. It's always, is it worth going out there if there's only going to be 10 people? I mean, even that's a lot for a pickup session. Yeah. Depending when you're going, mm-hmm. I don't know how it would necessarily apply to other areas, but out here, a lot of the time it's six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So you get guys going before work or, you know, whatever. But I, I think specifically, again, because it's um, structured by the Kraken, you might even get some of the roster guys coming out just to be part of the experience. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it'd be interesting. That, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the, the community is strong around here, uh, surrounding areas. That's why there's so many ice plexes. I think uh, I'll definitely be interested and be looking into it. Maybe not this fall, potentially in the winter, maybe next year um, when I have a little more free time, hopefully. But right now it's something that I'm heavily considering. Uh, We'll have my friend Brandon on pretty soon. We talked about him last week. Goalkeeper locally plays a lot in a lot of different rec leagues. So he was someone I reached out to and to try to get an idea of things. And he was already suggesting the same arenas that they are already partnering with. So it's really good to see that they're going and taking that outreach. And 
in terms of other moves they've made this week, which we we're excited to talk about is uh, we have some, we, we don't have as many roster moves to talk about. We've got some coaching hires to talk about. And I think uh, someone that's a Pens fan is going to be really familiar with the guy we've hired to be an assistant AHL coach with our, uh, what was it? The Charlotte, Charlotte checkers. checkers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to being a checkers fan in the future. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have the, fast foods chain checkers yeah. that's i've i've never been there but and and that's actually me being dead serious no. uh, but that's all i can think when i hear the charlotte checkers yeah um but yeah that's a uh, dan bilesma who i know him mostly from the capitals penguins rivalry ever since crosby's been in pittsburgh ovechkin's been in um washington Mm-hmm. Um, he took over in, uh, was it 2010, mm-hmm. 2009, 2000 or 2008, 2009, rather. Whatever um, year I remember. I only thing I remember is it was his first year and they won the Stanley cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so a few interesting statistics, he was the fastest coach ever to make 250 wins in the NHL. Wow. 2014, April named the, um, well, uh, not that year. He, he had already won a Jack Adams, which is the most outstanding coach in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Was it April of 2014? He made it to 250 wins in 394 games, which if you just think about the sheer win percentage is insane. Yeah. Granted, you get to work with Sidney Crosby and uh, – Say Yevgeny Malkin, guys like that in their absolute prime. I think that might have even been when Gary Roberts was still around, which is insane. I mean, there's uh, even Mark Recchi at that. I mean, there's been so many guys that have flown through that system, especially older guys that contributed to the the cup runs back in the day. Um, but then he was fired from the Penguins two months after his uh, – record-breaking 250 and 394. Uh, he went on to work with Buffalo for a couple years. I want to say from 2015 to 2017. Um, yeah. So, I mean. Well, if you're wrong, you'll drink for it next week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's he, again, he's got a cup under his belt. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're sending him to Charlotte. Yeah, especially when it's an assistant job. So the partnership is going to be between the Florida team and the Seattle team to have the same NHL, AHL, sorry, AHL team. And uh, I guess so the the deal was is that Florida will get to choose the head coach and we get the assistant coach. But yeah, again, with a resume like that to be the assistant there is all like even just going down to the AHL. It's interesting. I, I think he was struggling to find a spot and didn't want to do anything shy of an NHL position. I don't know that factually, but just based on the rundown of where he was year by year, mm-hmm. really uh, threw me for a bit of a, a loop, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it makes sense too, yeah. because yeah, you, you say that resume and uh, just, you know, fastest to that many wins it, it blows your mind and it, it, at least it's a good it looks like a good hire um for now i think it's something that we can look as cracking fans and be positive about but it wasn't the only coaching hire I, I we made a goalie coach hire right 
Yeah, so that's Andrew Allen, who, to the best of my knowledge, never played in the NHL. The if I remember off the top of my head, he won the Kelly Trophy in 2005. Hmm. Didn't write that down. It might be slightly off. Ooh, well, uh, we'll, fi- um, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get our research there's, there's, staff on it. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of drinking to random stuff. <laughs> um, just small bits of misinformation here and there. Yeah. But um, what I what I did note which a few of the things that I thought would really catch your attention. Um, I do believe he worked with Dan Bosma with the Sabres. Oh, wow. Um, for maybe a year, hmm. part of a year. Um, he worked, I want to say, for, uh, for about seven years with the Japanese national team as oh, a wow. goaltending coach. Interesting. Which... <sighs> That sounds more to be a sort of international experience rather than a, or maybe it was a learning experience working with the, I don't, I don't want to take a crap on the Japanese national team, but you're not playing with the cream of the crop as far yeah. as it doesn't mean as much as Russia, Canada, Canada, Sweden, even Finland. Yeah. I mean, you can go down the line as yeah. much as you really want to yeah. just say in Japan's not really up there. Yeah. Um, that being said, he put in his time there. He coached at the uh, St. Louis university and the NCAA. Um, he was actually here in Chicago for, I believe only one year, but that was with the Rockford ice hogs who, um, are the AHL affiliate for the Blackhawks or at, at least were, I think they still are. Um, at that time, they certainly were, um, uh, getting back to Dan Bosma really quickly. Yeah. Um, just because we haven't covered Dave Haxtell mm-hmm. almost at all. Yeah. True. Part of the reason I find it interesting that they go with Haxtell over Dan Bosma rather than the other way around. And like, this isn't me trying to denigrate Hexall and his accomplishments, but he was an assistant coach in Toronto the past two years, having been the first NHL coach to jump directly from the NCAA to the NHL. Hmm. Um, I believe he went to Philadelphia a handful of years ago and then was picked up for the past two seasons in Toronto. And I mean, not to have anybody listening necessarily understanding what a drastic change Toronto has made over the course of the past couple of years. I would argue a couple of interesting contracts in there, but they made the playoffs for the first time. And I don't even know, hmm. probably since Darcy Tucker played, wow. which was early two thousands. Uh, just Toronto has been struggling a long time. And if he was part of that system, not saying it's a hundred percent his doing, but when you're only there for two years and they're the two years that have looked good, it's gotta be part of it, especially being part of the coaching staff. So interesting. So yeah, a lot of coaching connections there. And uh, it's been, uh, it, it's interesting to see those hires. There hasn't been a lot of new, I guess uh, there's been a lot of talk at least about, about people, uh, being signed by the Kraken, but in terms of coaches, that's, that's been the biggest moves this week to talk about. And um, 
really a great way to wrap up our first period, my friend. Good first period to you. And uh, yeah. let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, call it a period with our release the Kraken. That's how we do it. Cheers, mate. So as we teased earlier, we will be spending a decent amount of our second period talking about ads and the impact that's going to have around the NHL. But we like to go around the NHL in our second period. And first, we're going to talk about big news that just dropped yesterday. Um, Arizona and the Coyotes. What, what's going to happen there? And, and what is the potential in your mind, Jameson, for this team to move? So they're going to move one way or the other. Yeah. As of right now, the – oh. So they have to be out completely. Team management offices out of um, the Gila River Arena. I always forget the name of that because it's so weird. Good, good save, though. Good save. That's why I take my notes, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so they've his. Uh, so they've they've been there eighteen years, mm-hmm. basically. At one point, they were owned by the league because they just weren't run particularly properly. Mm. I mean, people like to make the joke that Wayne Gretzky coached there for a couple seasons and even he couldn't save the team. (laughs) I mean, in fairness, having a fantastic player as a coach, not always your greatest strategy. Yeah. Maybe maybe you put more people in the stands because you get to see Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, for but, for a couple games too. I mean that that's going to run its course as, as quickly as the team does. Sure. Um, the The interesting thing is that they they owe the city of Glendale one point five million dollars right now, Whew. which. Conclusively, if there was one team that was going to really, really suffer from not having people in the stands, mm. it was going to be Phoenix. Yeah. Well, Arizona. Arizona. Um, they have traditionally been one of the worst performing attendance teams. Mm. They've hovered between 28th and 30th for pretty much their entire tenure as an organization. Whew. Damn. Which is not good. Yeah. Granted, I I think they were fourth last year. Hmm. But that's taking into account most rinks had zero people in the stands. Yeah. And considering how everyone in Arizona was taking it versus everybody else, a lot of of people there were willing to take that risk over other places. So, makes sense. So, yeah. The... The interesting thing will be uh, one of the big talks is that they'll be moving to Tempe. Mm. And I, I haven't fact-checked this, but based on just some of the uh, conversations via social media threads and what have you, I, re- I remember someone said that they've been trying to move to Tempe, but then Arizona State University was going to go there, and then the... Hmm. arena shut the coyotes down so there's a lot of weird stuff going there yeah um i know you were talking before we started recording about portland 
<laughs> well, we can we can get to that. We can get to well, that. I, I I would love to introduce that. But those of you sure. that are joining us fresh, if you came from the uh, John Cazzano BFP, where I got to mention this on the radio this week, uh, yeah, essentially uh, John posed the question to me on air when I, I mentioned our podcast uh, about the the possibility of the Coyotes coming up and and being in Portland and creating this rivalry, and I I had to kind of like. I didn't want to pause him and say, you know, dismiss the idea because I, I love all my family. I, I'm down in Portland, all my friends and fans, but it's not that likely. First, you guys got to start going to those Winterhawks games consistently. I know a lot of you do, but more do. It's got to be a big push there. And then you got to look at where you are here on the rankings because Quebec, I think, is going to be the, 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 the number one priority to get a team. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jameson, but I think that is going to have much higher precedence than Portland. And until Portland can get some things together, they can't even get the Oakland A's right now. So I, I, I don't think it's all that realistic. They have the infrastructure. I just don't know if that there's that interest in hockey that we see right now with Kraken fans, especially like that infrastructure of ice rinks everywhere just isn't there. I know the Mountain View Ice Arena was the closest thing to me. And even getting to that, the facilities just were not up to par for, you know, someone my age to do anything more than just go free skate here and there for funsies. So um, I, I really think that the true hockey experience, before you, you let me know what you think is a realistic moving option, I think the hockey experience in Arizona or Portland, like, it's going to be so much more important to get it to a city that already is longing for this instead of trying to develop it in naturally. What I will say as far as Portland is concerned before I get into uh, Quebec yeah. and Quebec city, one, you wouldn't have to reorganize the league in terms of conferences, which is, I think one of the big reasons that Seattle got their team to begin with, because yeah. they had 16 teams in the East, 15 in the West, and they wanted to have that balance. Plus you have a big geographical gap between uh, say going to Vancouver, which I mean, especially with COVID you couldn't do anyway. Yeah. But then, I mean, what are you going to do? Go down to San Jose, go out to Vegas. Yeah. There, there, there was a, just very visual gap in there. Yeah. Um, that being said, with this insane response to uh, season ticket holders and just general desire to go to Kraken games, that might speak really well for Portland because then you wouldn't have people having to travel. I, I don't even know how many hours it would be from Portland to. It's about it's about three. I mean, depends. It depends on the day nowadays. Back, sure. back in the day, I used to be able to hit that at about like two and a half when I lived Redmond area, which is east side. If you're trying to get into Key, well, formerly known as Key Arena, Climate Pledge, wow, got me. But anyways, if you're going to make that trip, you can almost add during a during a big event, you can almost add an extra hour to it. So it's just safe to say anywhere three to four hours. That's that's interesting that you bring that up. Just based on timing alone, this is a tiny aside i won't get too far into it but with the uh so the chicago bears had the uh first game of their preseason, preseason against yeah. miami dolphins that backed up traffic for miles in every direction yeah and then a reminder to everyone you're there in chicago right i'm in there. chicago yes yep. 
Um, and I live on the southwest side of Chicago, so I quite literally drive by Soldier Field every single day. Yeah, I can attest to it. Where, where the... Only reason I've seen it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, but also later that day, the Yankees were in town and they were playing. I don't even know what that field's called anymore. I'm just going to call it Comiskey because that's what it should still be called, in my opinion, where the White Sox play, yeah. which is also on the southwest side. So it was just an influx of sports fans all over the place. And it was just wild to see. So, yeah, just as a state of reference, I, I know it's really difficult to compare the two cities, but a, a friend of mine went to the Sox game. He lives 20 minutes from the stadium. He said it took him three and a half hours to get through the doors from when he left. Yeah. So It's been a while since I've been down to Portland, but I, I know that I've heard at least from friends that go to Trailblazers games in the NBA that Moda Center, which is uh, – I don't think Moda Center is where they act. I believe it's actually built to facilitate hockey. I'm not sure if that's where the uh, the Portland Winter Hawks are playing, but uh, I, I do know that uh, it's able to, to facilitate hockey. It's just getting down there already is kind of a mess for people unless you take the max, which is, you know, public transit. Um, I, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that's holding Portland back right now is perception. It doesn't feel like, that is a, a team, a, a city or a market that's thirsting for hockey or anything more than, you know, the, right now the, 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 the fan base for the Trailblazers, it doesn't feel like is um, all that passionate anyways. I feel like uh, besides, you know, the, the, the hope they cling on with Damian Lillard and all that, I, I feel like the Portland fan base is uh, just kind of mild and they've got so many things going on right now, I think in the Portland market to focus on besides sports that, it could be really successful, but right now I think the national perception is it's not the right market versus, say, Quebec. Yeah, I mean, getting into some of the Quebec statistics because everybody likes to throw around the idea that Quebec had a team and it failed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The league and the game itself are drastically different from when Quebec was not only a team, but a thriving team. Um, this is French, so forgive me. You know, I'm just going to drink ahead of time because I'm going to bastardize this word. Go for it, my friend. Colise? Sounded, sounded great to me. Um, so that only held 15.2 thousand people. Mm. Granted, Quebec is not an enormous city. Um I got to turn off my flux again because it just kicked in and all my colors went off. Please hold. Um, <laughs> um, so in any case, some of the numbers, it wasn't because Quebec wasn't good as a team, the Nordiques, which loosely translates for non-French speakers such as myself to the Northerners or the Northmen, something along those lines. So they were a team from, I believe it was 1972 through uh, 94, 95. They were a victim also of not only a struggling market where they didn't have a huge arena. They were getting all these new young players. I'm just going to lob a few names out. You know, first ballot Hall of Famers at the time, Joe Sackick, Matt Sundin, Peter Forsberg. Uh, I mean, okay, going down the line, maybe not 
Hall of Famers, but Adam Foote, uh, Dead Marsh, um, in net they had Jocelyn Tebow, Garth Snow at the time. Big names, mm-hmm. at least as far as mid late nineties hockey was concerned. Mm-hmm. And so when when they had their last season, they had a lockout, so they only played forty eight games. That season, they finished with the best record in the NHL, 30, 13, and 5, which led to them getting eliminated in the first round of the playoffs by the New York Rangers, who won the Cup that year. So you can't really trash them too hard for losing in the first round. Yeah. That being said, um, that year they did name Mark Crawford their, their coach officially. Peter Forsberg was deemed ready to come over from Sweden and play. Quebec goes to Denver, became the Avalanche. Two years later, they win the cup. And I mean, that was after New Jersey had that ridiculously bizarre run in 95, Mm -hmm. but um, 95, 96, I should say. And every following year, those were the kind of like the end of the glory days of that era of hockey mm. where pretty much whoever came out of the West was going to be the team that was winning the cup. And yeah. it was always a bloodbath between Colorado and Detroit. I mean, you're talking about the golden era of Detroit with Steve Iserman, uh, Sergey Fedorov, Brennan Shanahan, Chris yeah. Osgood. I mean, what we what we, grew, what we grew up on at our age, like seeing dominant right. hockey, like a, a modern day New England Patriots in the NHL. Right. And and this is just in the Western Conference. This yeah. isn't even getting into some of the reasonably good teams that came out of the East. It was mm-hmm. just the Western Conference finals were going to be the most entertaining games in hockey at the time. Yeah. I mean, Patrick was skating out to the red line with his helmet off and just going, come on, come on, because he he can't like legally cross the, the red line until the other goalie skates out. And I mean, those were some bizarre games, but damn, were they fun to watch. Damn. So based on your evidence, you agree Quebec, probably number one, just real quick, as we wrap this up, move into our second and last topic in the, in the sure. around the NHL period too. What is just another market you think that would hockey would just be either successful in, or you'd like to personally see an NHL team there? Uh, I mean, I know it's been tossed around that um, Kansas city. I don't see that happening. I would rank Kansas city even lower than Portland. I, I, I do genuinely think the two biggest potentials should they leave Arizona because granted, I think they went with the PR move. So it's hard to, it's hard to disbelieve them when they say we want to stay in Arizona and, you know, keep playing for the, the Valley community, however they phrased it in the, in the press release. But um, I, I think they give Tempe another go. I think Tempe can, uh, continues to just say, nah, I mean, I don't see them in – I don't even know if Phoenix has a rank proper, considering they've been playing in Glendale this whole time, which kind of was a recipe for disaster if you really just 
break it down and all the competition in there i mean i i've played bowl games there in glendale it's it's just that market is saturated for sports right and i i think the i mean it doesn't bother me i have no emotional ties to the coyotes as an organization but to me the way that the city talked about it was saying you know we didn't make this decision overnight it wasn't an easy thing to do but the plain and simple fact is that the coyotes just one aren't paying their bills and two we can use that arena for things that people actually care about in arizona which is such a slap in the face i mean they didn't say it verbatim but that was the insinuation of you know the whole thing because again the the guy that owns I, I didn't write his name down. Uh oh. <sighs> You're adding them up for yourself, my friend. Yeah, it's like Andrew. Oh god, I'm, I'm just gonna look it up and take look a picture with us. Look it up, my friend. You do that. And the biggest thing is I, I have family in Arizona, in Tucson specifically, and it's always been I've even actually been down. I remember when I was a little kid, we went to a small uh ice arena and caught a game just because that is a great way to just chill off. But as we've talked about in our third episode, ticket pricing right now is comparable right now with the NBA. And if you're going to be doing that to just go get some AC and catch a game that you don't really care about, you're going to be able to find different options in that market right there in Glendale. You could just go to the mall and walk around and you're going to have the same experience. So I know, I know that, you know, the biggest thing I think for them is, yeah, if you're going to sell tickets in that market, you're already going to have to be, you know, cutting down the prices for certain people because the hockey interest is going to be minimal. How many people in, you know, even the entire state of Arizona play hockey? I would be very interested to know that because like we talked about, that community outreach is important, but it was already had a foundation with the ice rinks that are already available here in Seattle. And trying to even compare that to Arizona is is kind of silly because even the ones that, Probably, I bet you the one I've seen a game in in Tucson that probably is not doing very well right now. I mean, it's funny that you bring up how many people in Arizona actually play hockey. Yeah. This is a relative total aside, but Austin Matthews, who is on the cover of NHL 22, just announced mm-hmm. today, grew up in Scottsdale. Wow. Um, yeah, so I mean, he's he's one of those eleven million dollar players up in uh, Toronto. Wow, it's well, actually the second time in three years that he'll be on the cover of an NHL EA Sports game, which is interesting, kind of bizarre. Which uh, we could talk about next week. We'll we'll talk about the game maybe next week. But a couple a couple nice know. Seattle Kraken looks there. But overall, not all that impressed. I used to love playing those games, and ugh, the graphics should be so much better. I would think for nowadays. Honestly, I haven't played one since maybe 2009. I You probably I'm, could I'm, still play it today, and it would probably be better. I'm just sick of paying 60 bucks for the same game with updated rosters every year. We can have this conversation next week, because I could talk all day about EA Sports, my friend. But And 2K, and at this point, it used to be sure. 2K were the good guys, but hey, nowadays... It's copy and paste and Excellent. kind of like we kind of like we do with the format of these episodes. It's just copy and paste and just throw it down. <laughs> give, give them the same thing, repackage with new subjects and a new roster every week, my friend. Sure. <laughs> uh, just just uh, going back because I have his name in front of me now. Alex Mar- uh, Maruello, who um, 
he owns the Sahara in Las Vegas. He owns a food wow. distribution company. Like this guy is a multi-billionaire. So, but I, I can only imagine because again, he bought them from the NHL yeah. or some holding company associated with the NHL. I don't remember exactly what that was, Yeah. but he also owns Sierra Nevada, hmm. which is, yes. But I mean, you have to also think how within the scope of COVID, yeah, all it that manufacturing, yeah, and then a- the resorts, exactly. and then you have a failing hockey team on top of it. So, I mean, Rough. I don't, I, I don't even want to go into any level of conjecture as to, not that it would matter is. Thankfully, or th- anything. Thankfully, you don't have to. But one thing that's to finish out our second period, we're going to be talking about a great transition there is to make up for money. The NHL has decided that they're going to have ad revenue um, made up on NHL sweaters. And we wanted to talk about this subject. But first and foremost, I wanted to say um, we are going to talk about it from a fun perspective uh, first and foremost, and then at the end, as we wrap this period, we'll talk about what we really want to see because I think that's very different from you know what what's possible out there. And in terms of ads, uh, I I'm very excited for the rules they have in place. I know a lot of people have been kind of getting all crazy about thinking that it'll take over all of the jerseys, but I think uh, there uh, there at least are sets of rules in place to make sure that the ad logos are not going to be too obscene, crazy all over the place. They're going to have a strict minimized area that they're going to be able to put promotions. And I think that with the market we're in, in Seattle, I have a lot of really interesting ideas that will even tie into our third period for sponsors. I want to see, but first and foremost, what do you think about the ads? How do you think it'll help the NHL? And you know, what are, what are just some things you think about uh, as this is a transition that feels like, the NHL was holding back against for a long time. Sure. Um, it can be said for as much as people dislike Gary Bettman, the commissioner, I think he was genuinely the last wall of defense or line of defense against having these. There was something absurd where it was roughly 50% of team revenue as far as ticket sales and stadium purchases went, be it merchandising, be, well, I mean, all of it's merchandising realistically, but be it Jersey sales, be it mini sticks, be it a Kraken flag, (laughs) you know? Um, But that accounted for over a billion dollars in losses last year for combined team owners. Interesting. And I mean, I've heard speculation as far as uh, because they did have stickers on the helmets last year, yeah. which you don't even notice, yeah. but that saved team owners a lot of, uh, a lot of financial loss yeah. um, as well as the sponsorship of the divisions by a number of different banks. I won't break them down mostly because I don't remember them off the top of my head. It was, it was such a passing thought in yeah. my opinion, which to me, and I know there's going to be a lot of very, um, I don't want to say 
overly ideological people out there that are going to completely disagree with this. But to me, I don't care if it if it keeps if it keeps teams playing. Because uh, we, we, we didn't specifically talk about the. Uh, the area of yeah. the patch, it's just three by three and a half inches. It's not some of the pictures I showed you yesterday from the Swedish leagues. It's not going to be. Yeah. We'll I, don't, I don't even right here. Yeah. This is just yeah. awful. So bad. I, 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 when you sent me this, I, I sat there and I was like, okay, I've been to some Sounders games where literally the Xbox logo dominates the uniform. I right. will take that all day over this just Picasso of ads. <laughs> right. And I mean, even if you look at some of the English or UK based soccer leagues too, I mean, you, I, I don't know if it's the premier league, whatever. I, I remember specifically looking up Manchester United and their, their logo is so tiny compared to whatever their sponsorships so. are. Yeah. And so this is not an idea that's new to hockey. And I mean, call it sacrosanct or whatever you want to attach on a verbal level. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Fair. I I know a lot of personally guys that I grew up playing with say, no, this is terrible. I don't want, say, Ovechkin breaking Gretzky's record with an Arby's logo on his shoulder. Which is to me, that would just be funny. They have the meats, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's been something that has come up in conversation. And to me, to me, if the only thing you can zero in on is a tiny logo that's helping pay for the team in probably an already losing environment as far as financials are concerned. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't bother me unless it is a red bull logo. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking just uh, what if the red wings just dropped red wings, just said red bull bias. We are the red bulls. Now Would Jamison have to defect is an ad going to make you change any uh, hockey allegiances. No, nah. I mean, <laughs> well, nothing within the scope of reasonability. I don't mm. think, I mean, if, if you're going to, I keep saying I'm me, I'm just, <laughs> but if it gets to the point where where it takes over the game, where you're noticing that more than being able to find the puck. <laughs> right. And, and that's, that's an argument too, with the, the other screenshot that I sent you, I'm, I'm trying to find the words for, how I think there is a very delicate balance that has to be found. Yeah. I don't mind a patch on the arm. Yeah. I can see where someone would get really frustrated with it being directly over the crest. Yep. Makes on sense. The, on, say even uh, just uh, take a perfect example, an iconic logo, like the Montreal Canadians. I mean, Shea Weber's not playing next season. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take uh, the Blackhawks. So yeah. it's a, good good version of uh portland where hawks would agree for many many years <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you, you have this iconic logo yeah. then you have jonathan taze with a c mm. and then you have benny's beverage depot 
which dipping dots. <laughs> hey, I mean, here's here's the thing though. Let's wrap up this second period with uh, I'm gonna throw out a couple different ad ideas to you for the Seattle Kraken specifically. I want you to just give me the quick yes or no and your reaction. So start off, we'll make it really really easy. The most predictable thing we're gonna go and uh, create that competition with Tim Hortons up there and our Canadians. We got to go with Seattle's very local, very well-known Starbucks. What if we get that logo? How do you feel about it? Yay or nay? Uh, First impression is no. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, they've got every sponsorship they possibly need, and I think that's important in branding. What additional audience do you gain? And you are just stoking those Tim Horn fires, and that's a competition you do not – you do not – you don't want that heat. If you saw my episode last week, I was in Edmonton long enough, just long enough to know you don't want that Tim Horton's heat. See, to me, that would be the only reason to do it. <laughs> stoke those flames yeah because then you're gonna have people coming across the border or i mean even just whatever just saying i want to go over there with my tim hortons i want to walk into an arena where the team is playing with starbucks logos on their friggin jerseys with tim hortons coffee in my hand okay okay we spent too much we've already spent too much time on starbucks if they want it they have it how do you feel about alaska airlines I, I think it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibilities or reasonability. Um, the what, uh, what what's the uh, NBA center up there that's already well, sponsored? The, by well, them? the the University of Washington's basketball arena is currently the Alaska Airlines arena. So <laughs> that's while uh, Dubs down all day, I will say to you, uh, Dub fans, I will say that that's a fantastic sponsor, one that I know does really well for them. So good idea, and I. I, uh, I, I think that's one of the, the things in there that you could get the logo just on there subtly enough that it wouldn't make a big deal. Sure. And I know they're already sponsoring some deals where if you buy tickets through them, you get some discounted rate to see away games or something like that. There was Makes some sense. sort of bundle deal that I saw pop up briefly on some 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 partnership some advertisement yeah yeah okay how do you feel especially with the recent uh i guess in the past couple of years and months uh boeing has not necessarily done so well in the public eye do you think that would be a sponsorship you think could get in there maybe build that that public trust a little bit more by sponsoring a hockey team um i think it would bring up more questions than it would provide answers for Boeing to sponsor a team that calls climate pledge arena, their home rank. Brilliant, sir. Hey, that, you're, it, you're a smart man. And that's why I have you on this show. So we're just going to wipe that one from this slate. We got two more for you. Okay. Before we get into our third period. Sure. Oh, one Kind of ties in the other, but first, I don't know your familiarity out there in Chicago, but as a Washingtonian, this brand is near and dear to my heart, especially as a big Washingtonian. The only way I was able to maintain 300 pounds uh, through my high school and college career at times was through this brand, Costco. How would you like to feel if you saw Costco on there and does it give you too many idiocracy vibes? Oh, the whole welcome to Costco. I love you. I love you. 
<laughs> I'm glad that was your exact quote because that's every time I hear Costco now, I that's that's my first thought. I go into Costco Even, all the time, but mm, I just can't stop thinking about that's someday where someone's going to get their college degree. We're not far off. <laughs> to, to the best of my knowledge, they're really good to their employees as well. I, I have a couple of friends that I think still work there. Um, I I think there is a not so hidden level of irony in putting a patch to raise money for the team that just says Costco. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> uh, Yay or nay? I've, I mean, I feel like I've said no to pretty much everything. So if if there has been one so far, I would put that at number one as far as, yeah, I guess. We got, we got a one seed. I think I've got one to finish out, kind of trying to lightning round this out so we can get to our fan tweets in the third period. Sure, sure, but sure. this ties into our fan tweets, thankfully. Uh, at Augie Ford was already – on top of it, because I was planning to, as you know, review these very special Bavarian meats, Seattle style, smoked sausage made with cream cheese, bacon, and jalapeno. And I want to say, I am going to just go ahead and beg you guys, Bavarian meats, nothing goes better with your sausages, as I've tried, than having a little bit of cracking one open, not only the podcast, but a brew or two. And, uh, oh, I'm going to give my review here in a second. But first and foremost, what do you think? Logo is kind of like a, a fire-breathing lion. We've got it up here right now. I know you saw the sausages. I know – I think you agree with the brand decision. Do you think it passes at least for a small hockey logo? To me, I would like something like that more than some enormous corporation that really doesn't need any more eyes on their logo. I would, I would probably put that at number one now that it's come to that. Um, that, that to me is a little more important than seeing. I know some of the stuff that's been tossed around being Amazon, which to me doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I would much rather see something, especially that the team's already working with. I know we talked about Jack Daniels a little bit earlier. Yeah. I think it would be pretty cool just to have the circular number seven. Yeah. Sure. The, 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 the Kraken rum logo. All of those would yeah, be great. Just, but uh, I, I think it's a great note. You mentioned Amazon to wrap on because uh, I think ultimately both of us would appreciate with the amazing branding they've done with the logo and the uniforms already that if the Seattle team, um, which already their arena, the naming rights were bought by Amazon to be climate pledge because Amazon right now is in a position where do you really grow your market or your branding by naming it Amazon arena? No, everyone knows what Amazon is. And if anything, you just create more confusion. So what I would ultimately like as we wrap this period and what I hope for is we keep the uniforms as close as to how they are now. And if anything, we get a climate pledge arena uh, or nothing at all. And if Amazon just balls out and just pays to say, hey, let's keep it clean because our fans will love that. And even if it's just the inaugural season and we make up for it in ticket sales, I'm all for it. And I think there are enough fans behind us that would agree. So I. I what do you see? Yay or nay to that idea? 
I'd, I'd actually really like that. The, the biggest thing to me is, as you said, keeping it clean. I don't want these random uh, sort of mass-produced patches that they're just going to slap on whatever. I, I want it to, even if you have to rework the logo a little bit to at least fit the color scheme or do something, I want it to be tasteful at the very least. I, I don't want to see something like those uh, Swedish jerseys we were talking about earlier, where it's just, I don't know, we need to sew these onto the breezer covers now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you Fair. know, just have everything all over the place and there's no sort of artistic approach to developing. I, I, I wouldn't even mind seeing more, more patches yep. if it all flowed in, again, a tasteful manner. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and say we should do that now, but if it really comes down to it and the league is struggling, the teams are struggling. I, why not? I, I'd be open to taking it one step at a time for me personally. We're in agreement, my friend. And what a great way to end the second period and go into our third period. Hmm. So our third period and final period is where we go to Twitter which I've already teased earlier. Twitter was already on to us. We were already sharing about the sausages. But then we got a new fan in at Augie Ford who tweeted my main account at JustFollow61, which you can always tweet at along with at Open to get our attention and get on the show. Uh, he said, at JustFollow61, I found a possible sponsor for your new podcast. Saw these today at Costco in Portland. And, uh, of course, it was the exact sausages that I – already tested for all of you to let you know if I give it the crack and seal of approval. And I'm just going to say, Oh my goodness. I, I, Oh, I cooked these up on the pan the other day and I just couldn't believe the flavor. You didn't even honestly need to cook them. They're smoked sausage already. The cream cheese in there is perfect. It was just the right amount where it's not weird, but I know anybody that's been out on the town in Seattle, uh, you know, you're outside Soto show box late at night the hot dog truck is there with a seattle dog and it's just lathered with cream cheese it's not that you've got a little bit of cream cheese just to enhance the flavor of the bacon and the jalapeno it's not too spicy it will linger a little bit if you eat four of them like i did at one time but i just want to say go out there try them out and if you like them as much as i do reach out to bavarian meats and tell them not only sponsor our podcast get a patch on those jerseys because we'll buy them man I know we we prefer none, but hey, that's that's just what we're going with there. And uh, would you would you think uh, I, I sent you a couple Snapchats when I was just sitting there uh, indulging on those dogs, and I I felt like I was making you a little bit jealous. I I'm not a big cream cheese guy. Gonna be honest with you. Everything else sounds absolutely delicious. I, I don't know if you saw my face when you said, you know, cream cheese outside the, what'd you say, uh, soda or? Yeah, Soto Showbox. You can get those right there on the dogs out of the cart. Yeah, just, I can I can go with a little bit of cream cheese. That's, but too much is too much. But by the way you're describing these, they sound fantastic. They, they were I, great. And I, I kept it real easy, just straight bun and mustard, uh, you know, as I showed you, just not messing around with sausages, man, if it's a good sausage. But ultimately, if I was going to do it right, I'd do it Chicago style. I got to get a big pickle in there, some peppers, you know, a little. Peppers, chop onion. 
chopped onion. Well, I, I like grilled onion, but chopped fine. Uh, yeah, a little bit okay. of relish. Going going too down the rabbit hole, but again, just, my review, just no ketchup, mate. Oh, not on sausage. There again, a bad hot dog. I'll throw some ketchup on, but nah, save that for meatloaf, man. That's that's that fake meat for sure. So <laughs> just just as the uh, resident Chicagoan, I had to toss that one out there. Hey, fair enough, man. And, but but uh, I'm also a fake Chicagoan. I I'll put ketchup on it. I don't give it. <laughs> whatever man it, it all depends on where you're at and how good the dog is if it's a good dog don't need it but it, yeah your standard dog nah yeah. go ahead throw it on there you need that extra sugar <laughs> moving, <laughs> move, move, moving on in twitter uh we got a couple new fans which is great uh and new hockey fans in general uh are always welcome but someone that is a duck fan of my other podcast uh actually has some experience at duck underscore Lindsay, uh Lindsay duck thank you for following us she said she played hockey growing up in all the boys league because that's all there was she's never had an allegiance in the, to an nhl team but now seems like the right time and she's so excited so we're really glad you can join with us uh you know we hope you check this episode out enjoy the shout out but that's the same way i feel i've never had an nhl team i really connected with here and there teams that were going on runs like we talked about today when teams are successful and you get a dynasty kind of going I, I love those teams. You know, there are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, man, once teams are so successful, I hate seeing the same teams again and again. I'm the kind of guy that really appreciates sustained excellence and something that you can do. If you can get to this, uh, even right now with Tampa Bay, like I really appreciate that. I'm happy we got Yanni Gord. Hope he brings some of that over. But it's like two years in a row. That's already and it's like you're starting to. I, I know you're squinting. But I appreciate it. I like to see when streaks happen. And if we weren't getting our own team, it would be hard for me not to say, let's see that success sustain. Because sometimes those dynasties elevate the sport. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen in Tampa. I don't don't. I'm not getting crazy here. But again, I just think that when those things happen, I know it raised my interest when the pens were doing really well, when the, the when the Red Wings were doing really well. It's just those types of things. Just th those generate even you know, like those small interests, like uh, Red Wings. I remember the first time I saw an octopus thrown on the ice. I'm like, what the hell is this? And, and then it goes to, uh, you know, Nashville and you're, you know, you're seeing catfish on the ice and those little things, even if they aren't, you know, dynasties, those things you connect to with little basis of newfound success. And I'm hoping Seattle finds something here just like that to bring more people like Lindsay on board. Yeah. And I mean, kind of bringing it a little full circle, not to hijack the idea of Lindsay coming on board, but how we talked about the uh, local get-togethers, about learning to skate, maybe joining the team, yeah. even if it's even if it ends up not being competitive or whatever. If it's just people going out, getting on the ice, having fun, that's really all you need. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm really looking forward to. We've talked about. Hopefully, you can get out here sometime. We can find some place to skate, but. Uh, it's something that I think everybody it's like, you know, I remember a lot of times growing up, even if it was roller skating, just skating is just a different experience in itself. And to be able to attribute that to sport too, it's a, it's just another layer of like uh, competition and athleticism that you don't just get out of going and playing a pickup basketball game. Like there's so much more to it where you're just going to get a different level of sore the next day, just, just skating. 
I can I can attest to that after yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you out there skating on your Red Bulls, my friend. So, in speaking... fairness, I didn't have Red Bull yesterday, but okay, okay. I get what you're saying. I okay, get what you're okay, saying. Okay, but anyways, we we're, we're <laughs> while we're on the subject of a little bit of overindulgence, uh, we had uh, at see the Kraken, one of my favorites. He he had a quote tweet that he said. Uh, I want whatever drugs this guy is on. And it's not, it's not about the initial quote tweet he's tweeting. I responded on our Kraken account and just, you know, as a say no to drugs message kids out there, I said, you don't need drugs. Drink along with our podcast and it might make more sense to you. No promises though. And thankfully see Kraken was a great sport. He responded and uh, said, I blacked out last weekend, no alcohol for me for a while. So I hope you were following along with the show. I hope it wasn't our fault, but cheers to that, my friend. Yeah, I hope hopefully there's not that drinking game where anytime one of us makes a blunder of any caliber, don't like like I said last week, don't drink every time I say I'm mean. I know I'm trying to cut it out, but don't hey, do it. If you, you want you will die. If you well, well, I, I'm not going to get, say anything extreme like that, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Be responsible. We want to have more Twitter fans. So the next time we do a third period, we get even more engagement. And uh, yeah, we hope we hope you've uh, you've taken the week off and that maybe by episode six, you come around and you're feeling good again to hang with us. But hey, if not, you just follow us steady until October. We'll get your tolerance up, baby, because that's what we do here. And uh, I think that's a great close to our third period. And I've got a, uh, a new way for us to close out the third period instead of our you know, we've had a pretty consistent uh, last week, a new introduction to our sound, but I think it's time for us to hear the third period end with possibly what could be what the goal horn sounds like. So that's the end of our third period, and that goal horn is fantastic because it emulates the sound of the fairies that you hear out here in the Seattle area. I know right here uh, when I go out to Muckleteo and, and get to catch the fairies out there, that's the exact horn sound you hear. And if we can incorporate that in the goals, it's what they, they've put out there in promotional materials over a year ago. You can find it out there in a couple different forms. But, man, that's going to be a fantastic goal of horn. And whew, I think uh, – Man, what a great episode. I think this is our, uh, you know, we, we sit here and we try and recap. We promote. We make sure you guys go check us out. Subscribe if you haven't already. Like us on all the platforms. You know, Twitter, please engage us. Let us know if you saw anything on the show that you think we should be drinking for next week in our penalty box. But, Jameson, what's, what's one thing you took away from this episode that you really appreciate, enjoyed? Some you, some you hope we carry over in the next episode. I like to think we're getting better every episode, just on a general level. Um, feel if had a little bit more flow than last week, which is something that I felt I was very weak on. Oh um, no, my friend, you're, you're so hard uh, on yourself. I mean, granted, you uh, you absolutely nailed the not only intro but the introductory oh. area going forward. Um, one thing. What was that uh, that area you said going out to where? I'm gonna For have the, to. I'm gonna have to double check. Muckle Teo, Muckle Teo, yeah, that's uh, ah, Gazuntite. Yeah, a little, little bit uh, 
just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in the Linwood area for those of you familiar. So you just kind of go westward. That's, you're just going to hit the coast right there. And uh, uh, kind of, if I go North a little bit, Muckleteo, Everett, just kind of right in that area. And then you go to the coast and those ferries are all right there. It's fantastic. I, next time I go out there, I'll have to get a couple photos because uh, just on the right day, you see those waters and the boats taking off, man, there's, there's nothing like it. And I think that they've done a fantastic job incorporating that into the logos and all the all the fan stuff is you know even as we talked about with climate pledge arena the water is such a huge thing here for everybody and it's how people commute it's how people you know maintain and i think that making that the center of you know this not just the nhl franchise but that arena is is huge for the community is going to have huge positive benefits on the environment so not to get too much on a tangent while we're in our sudden death wrap-up but just something that i wanted to mention again because it's important and i think uh you know more teams that can and franchises that can kind of think in this forward thinking direction you're saving yourself money down the line when you know these resources are going to be big big costs uh to be able to put on an event that's like an NHL hockey game. So just something to consider Uh, next week. We're going to have so much to talk about. We've teased a little bit of it in in this episode. We'll put a lot of that in next week. Anything you guys want to hear, you let us know in the comments, let us know in the replies on Twitter, Instagram, and coming tomorrow. Well, today, since we're releasing this Facebook group, join now Facebook page. It's all going up. And uh, just thank you for joining us and, any last closing words, Jameson, before we play your outro music? Uh, I mean, I think you said it all, my friend. Uh, just thanks to everyone for listening and looking forward to bringing you a little bit more next week. Until next time, my friends, check out that music you're listening to right now if you like it. That's Where's Jameson. I won't plug it too much anymore. I do every week, but thank you. Love you. Follow us, subscribe, share with your friends, and keep it cracking.